Little girls, this seems to say. But Robert Ford would only lay on the floor and look at the ceiling, the light going out of his eyes, before he could find the right words. What do you think I'm doing? Okay then. Okay then. Okay then. Whatever are you doing? Hello and welcome to Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. And I'm Marina Gorski. And this week we are going to discuss the much heralded, as everyone has been waiting for us to discuss, Solo. Solo, yes. Why are we discussing Solo? Because I went to see Tully yesterday <laughs> and it was sold out when I got there. Because right. one forgets that on a bank holiday weekend a lot of people might go to the cinema yes well i would i would have thought not given the weather i know but they I do surprised. yeah well i went to see solo which i expect to be packed out today and it was hardly anyone there and um i've just come from it was funny seeing it because when i arrived in um shortly after i arrived in a bunch of kids arrived with their guardian parent or whatever and sat right in front of me in the row directly in front of me i hate when they do that. and oh i just moved immediately i said i'm just not waiting there's no point there's they're going to make noise i moved to this which was a bad move in one way because i could still hear them but not what they were saying like these were about eight or nine year olds yeah. so throughout the film you just hear okay and then, long pause, and then suddenly you just hear I'm <laughs> Chris, but what it was very funny in it. There was a lot of that. They were talking to all the boring bits, as far as they were concerned. They were talking, and then there's one bit in the film where someone is revealed. You know, when he pulls back his hood, and you see who it is—a certain character. Well, there is this part in it. Oh yes, yes. And immediately. Said so that look at that. No, I'm gone. Yeah, that's in my day. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I actually enjoyed that aspect of the film. Right. Did you like the film when you went to see it? I haven't said what I thought. I it did. Yet, but anyway, I mm-hmm. liked it. Did you like it? I did, ish. Oh, okay. Let me just talk then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably best. Yeah. No, I I did like it. Um, even though like what I feel right with um Star Wars now anything related to star wars even a star wars story or whatever they're really milking it now like oh, yeah. i'm getting really annoyed because i actually read simon Pegg. i think he tweeted a while ago saying that he loves star wars but he just doesn't enjoy it anymore because they're not making the films for the fans they're making it for the money because they okay. know it's going to sell and that is really annoying because it's just like the story is Although this one was good, I thought this one was really good. The last Star Wars I didn't like. The last Star Wars saga. Not the last Jedi? Yeah. I thought you did like that one. Well, no, not really. The one okay. with Carrie Fisher? Yeah. Not really. Like, I did, but I didn't. 
like I liked the fact that Donald Gleeson was in it, but then and, and like and, and and when you think no, we didn't like it because remember it was very philosophical. Oh yeah, I wasn't mad about it. Yeah, no, that. I wasn't actually. Yeah. I didn't really like. I liked it, but not really that much. Like it's just it's so. I've gone off Star Wars now. Yeah. Because well, it's just it's. It is as you, as you said. Well, as Simon Pegg said, they're milking it. Yeah. And particularly with the Star Wars itself, like the Last Jedi and so on. Is that they're just turning it into another story, whereas previously it had been following an arc, a saga, yeah, yeah. or whatever. This certainly felt like that to me. Like this is pure milking it because yeah. it's so unnecessary. Yeah, it's it had no relation to really anything. Like no. you can see a few bits here and there, but still, no. it's like it's not. It's like I loved Amelia Clark. I think she's brilliant. Oh yeah, I was delighted to see yeah, her. Yeah, I loved everyone in it actually. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Um, and that lady from Westworld, I think. Candy Newton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I, I do, I do like her. Um, like I, I love, I like all of them, but this film was just like, and even when your man appeared in there, I was like, now, nah, are you guys mixing Avengers and and, and Star Wars? Because Vision was in it. The guy that does Vision, and the Avengers, who is also owned by Disney, they're all owned like these. It's like on on Deadpool. Josh Brolin appears as well. James, James. Uh, Josh Brolin is the son. James Brolin is much older, so it's probably. It's probably Josh Brolin. I think it's Josh Brolin who's in the um, Coen Brothers films. Stuff you're thinking of. I don't know. Can I look, please? I just want to get this right. Anyway, so. I, I'm pretty sure it's. Is it how old is he? Is he my age? Yeah, it's well, Josh Brolin. It's yeah. yeah, it's Josh Brolin. Anyway, then Josh Brolin appears in. Um, and Deadpool and he is Thanos and Avengers but they don't look like each other okay. but it's like but the, uh, to be honest Deadpool, he's different yeah. characters yeah but right. in Deadpool they do say uh, they make reference they, yeah don't, don't give away too much about two films I haven't seen well, we should have <laughs> seen Deadpool we should have made this about <laughs> Deadpool but anyway I, I did like I, I'm just going on about it it's been like three minutes now Um, I do I did like Solo as a, its own story but completely unnecessary. Like it wouldn't be a masterpiece. It wouldn't be amazing, mind blowing. But like, yeah, it's all right. It's grand. Like, you know. It is. I kept thinking that if there was no other Star Wars film and there was nothing, it would be a great film. Yeah. In of itself. But because it is, you're just so aware it's, there's no need for this film at all. We don't need Han Solo's backstory. Yeah. We just have him as yeah. an established character. What it felt like to me, and I've complained about this before, is like these flashbacks scenes that they, that is, I blame Lost for doing this remember all the flashbacks in Lost which were good at first because it was given interesting background but now everything seems to have to have I've never seen this, Lost alright well Lost was I know what Lost was but no but I mean the, yeah. way, the way it worked was yeah. the characters and then you saw what happened to them before the island have you been watching The Handmaid's Tale yet? no I want okay. to fi- I finished reading Liz, Liz Nugent's book and I'm gonna really commit to, to Handmaid's Tale the book yeah right and then the series yeah but in the series, and I'm not giving anything away, but I just say there's a lot of flashbacks in that as well, which aren't in the book. And that's so annoying because they're they're just padding. And that's what this film felt. It felt like just one long flashback before we get on to the real Han Solo story, yeah. which is Star yeah. Wars. And I just said, I'm not interested in his past. Yeah. But what was really crucially lacking in it is the guy is okay. After I've seen him, he was in Hail Caesar and he's been in other things, but he's not Harrison Ford. And it's just, there's no chemistry between him and the audience i just don't root for him like because i'm so aware of, of harrison ford as a young man yeah. when he was in indiana jones Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. you just 
got on his side. Yeah. This is just someone playing a part. Yeah, this is like I think Kieran's gorgeous. Um and I that did didn't cross I my did mind. like him, but if he was a different character. Like if he yeah. was a different complete like if if it wasn't Han Solo, if it was someone else that just suddenly appeared, like Emilia Clark Clark's character or whatever. Yeah. Then fine. Or like the characters in Rogue One. Like those characters are completely new characters that you weren't really introduced to beforehand then that would be fine because it's someone new yeah but when you're interpreting an icon yeah and you're constantly thinking of the other yeah it's like it's just it's just no (laughs) well as well as that like the han solo character in the star wars villains isn't really up to much as a character either yeah so really he's, he's really a him. background character yeah, isn't he that's, he's that's just like, the point because yeah. he is he works perfectly as a sidekick as a as a sporting character in films which don't have main characters like yeah. luke is one character they all fit types yeah. luke is the good farm boy leia is the beautiful princess and he's the rogue um space captain who comes yeah. to fight them all and that's all you need to know about him then having all this information about him and even it works because harrison ford is playing it so suddenly now we have this like this character of Han Solo in this film meant nothing to me in relation to the Han Solo later on. Yeah. I could not connect it to. They were just two different people, not just the actors, two different characters and everything as well. So all that was just nonsense. And it all just felt overblown. Like I enjoyed it as well. The effects are good and so on. But you just go, oh God, I'm just so sick of these films. Yeah. And But I did really like Amelia Clark in it because I just really like her. I think she's great in I everything love her. she does. I adore she her. Just, Even as a person, I adore her. Oh yeah, her. I've seen her on Lem Norton yeah. and so on. But because she's so sweet and innocent yeah, in that, whereas yeah. in the film she's not necessarily. And I mean from Game of Thrones. But she's just, she's got great presence. Yeah. Like, I mean, every time she wasn't in the film, I was going to say, where's Amelia Clark? Where's Amelia Clark? Yeah, yeah, And the exactly. same with Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's a great character actor oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, he just is good amazing, yeah. And the thing that really annoyed me was, you know, the early on they have the sidekick, the alien with eight arms or whatever. And I was going, oh, not... No, the Woody Harrelson's team. He has Tandy Newton. Oh, and yeah, he has yeah, the other yeah. Thing. I said, yeah, we've already had this done to death in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, this that's what I was thinking, thing. yeah. Oh, it was so annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um... So this is what was, I mean. Disney has now bought all these franchises, franchises like Marvel and um, Star Wars. God knows what else they're going to buy. It's just now a lot of the same. Yeah. Like well, it's there's all, a, it's, it's a marketing. Yeah, it's a, it's a very standard type that you just throw into a film and then work around it kind of thing. Yeah. Of, st- of story and storyline and characters or whatever oh, sorry um so that you have the sidekicks and you have this kind of character there there's there is it archetypes or stereotypes archetypes. yeah of characters that you just put into stories so we need a character that's like that okay this, yeah you know just, well that's just it and that. that's exactly what's happened with that guy yeah, this, yeah. This wish he's, he's all has all the smart house answers and so on and you just go but the same thing with the with the girl from westwood westworld what's tandy uh, newton yeah she the same thing there has to be some kind of love interest between yeah. the gangsters yeah the older yeah, love interest yeah. and also and she's wise cracking as well yeah, and, yeah. and doesn't oh, trust her, anyone yeah, and kind oh, of thing oh, she was a total cliche yeah uh yeah so i was but one thing that's just strike me it is very much for the money and so on but the writers were the Kasdan brothers who have been around for years. They wrote, I think, Empire Strikes Back. Really? Or certainly they were involved in it or else Return to Jedi. They were, I mean, Lucas wrote all the stories, but I think they wrote the scripts. 
they're certain, like I mean they're respected yeah, filmmakers yeah, yeah. in themselves so that I got a shock when I saw that at the end because my first thought was who just, wrote this yeah it could have just been a project for them oh I'd say like I mean it's it's, it's job, for, job of work yeah it wasn't yeah. a case of art they probably and but it wasn't even story by someone else it was entirely there and it's directed by um, Ron Howard Jeez, I didn't even look at the at Well, the I, I'd forgotten that, but it was just there's one scene in it where just one minor character, um, when when the, when the woman, the, the robot, tries to um, liberate all the other robots. You know that scene? Yeah. She's going, freedom for the robots. And this guy who's in charge of this entertainment star, storms out and trusts him. That's Ron Howard's brother. He's in every film of Ron Howard's. Uh, like he's, he always The one that gets part. mad at the robot? Yeah. So really? He's, he's been around. Since. And his daughter is on Jurassic Park is that her yes yeah. Bryce Dallas okay. Howard yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I don't know if his bro- I've forgotten his brother's name but he's in as soon as I saw him I said oh yeah Ron Howard directed this <laughs> like as soon as I saw yeah. him in there like he was an actor as a child he was a child actor in the 60s he was right. in an episode of Star Trek and he was in a series called Gentle Ben so I'll have to show you that after it's okay, very funny yeah. but as soon as I, like he's strange looking but he's recognisably a Howard and I said oh of course yes Ron Howard directed this and that's part of the problem. Ron Howard is a good filmmaker the way someone like Steven Spielberg is a great filmmaker. Yeah. He delivers the goods, but it's rarely something special. Yeah. It's okay. And that's what I felt this was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with that, actually. Now that you, I completely forgot about the character of the robot, the girl robot. Which was stupid. It really was so stupid. unnecessary. Yeah. And she, like, she was just so... There has to be a quirky little like yeah. like C three PO. They call her L three. Yeah, just even have that. Just like boop boop boop, and just mad looking and says says things and you're like okay, no, I can make a Star Wars film. Probably could. Yeah. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> and we just like to say how much we love the franchise. Yes, and I actually do. I love Star Wars. And you love Disney. Yeah, and I love Disney. <laughs> you are dissing, but, dissing but Disney. But when when it came out that Disney was buying Star Wars I was very upset I said this is it now yeah I, I knew that was going to be it well, because it... when you have Disney everything one everything because becomes very fantasious and very dramatic yeah well it, it just follows a form you yeah know and then it, it just becomes yeah and the same thing with Avengers when they bought with Marvel when they bought Marvel I was like okay like first it's supposed to be like you're Disney really your kids audience you're getting these superhero films where a lot of them are quite grim stories and it's a lot of violence. You're going to have to tone it way down and that's going to ruin the freaking films. <laughs> Which it did. I don't like Marvel. Anyway, Deadpool is amazing though. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> a lot of violence. Um, which I love. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my opinion. Like I did like the film but at the same time it's not exciting. I really wouldn't watch it again. wouldn't bother. So, yeah. Okay. So, marks out of 10. I remember, yeah, you give marks out yeah. of 10, don't you? So, I will give it a five and a half. Right. I will give it two and a half stars. It's just above average. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's watchable. Yeah. It's certainly. Yeah. Oh, one thing I will say, I think it's the first of a series. Oh no! It's certainly it's like solo adventures. Kind yeah, of thing. I think so because it certainly oh, didn't geez. like it was implied. There was a lot of references to future what we know like um, one guy said he's going to Tatooine and so on like oh, that was yeah. mentioned but I mean th- th- I thought that's going to wrap it up it's going to be wrapped up yeah. with that but it just ends with him winning the Millennium Falcon so you just know well there's more to come um, but one thing that did that struck me was just a lot of Irish connections in there um, she was called Kira. yeah 
Um, she but it was C I apostrophe A R A. But also, well, I didn't notice that much. Oh, no, it was C I or A. The apostrophe was between the C I and the or A. So Kira. Yeah. But yeah, and she also. So that could also be Japanese. She also mentioned Scarif, which was mentioned in Rogue One as well. Mm. But it just it just reminded me because Scarif is a town in Ireland, and one of the bad guys on the intercom was called Eamon. So as soon as I heard that, I said, "You've got Kira, Scarif, and Eamon. It's Irish. They're clearly throwing in these Irish references." Maybe we're going to be attacked by aliens. Let's hope. Yes, please. Okay, um, so that's our rundown of Solo. And um, we're really looking forward to Tully sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes out on DVD. DVD. When it turns up as the Christmas film on <laughs> RTE for the third time, we'll review it then. But in the meantime, we have my favourite part of the podcast because it's no one else's favourite part. Oh, God. The challenges to each other. Yes. So who wants to go first? I don't know. Do you want to go first, Maria? You decide. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. So my assignment was to watch a caper film. Yes. Of any description or country. So I watched um, Nine Queens. I don't I haven't heard about it. Okay, I thought you might have because it's Argentinian. Right, no. And I watched it because it was recommended and lent, in fact, to me by Ian in Beach, you know. So I was out with him and Shirley last Friday and I was telling them I had to come up with a caper movie. She said, you have to watch Nine Queens. He said because it was also highly recommended to him by his Argentinian friend, Gabrielle, who apparently listens to us. Oh, hi, Gabrielle. (laughs) Yes, and he's a big fan of this. One of his favourite films, one of Ian's favourite films. Looked it up online. It's down as one of the 100 or 1,001 films you must see. I was going, what's the deal about this film from 2000 I hadn't heard of? And it was very good. It's basically about these two con men who meet. Um, one is doing a con, nearly gets caught, and the other steps in to help him and rescue him, pretends to be a cop and arrests him, and then they turn, it turns out he's a con man as well. And they work together to come up with this big con because someone approaches one of them with forged stamps, says he has these nine forged stamps, the nine queens from the Weimar Republic, and there's a collector in town who's always wanted these. So the whole, it's a scam. It's basically to try and sell these forged stamps to this other guy. And then everything goes wrong because the stamps disappear. They get them back. They have to find them and all these things. The person who's buying them wants all sorts of different quirks and deals because he's a real sleaze bag. So he finds out that one of the dealers and um, sister works in the hotel that he lives in, that he's staying in. And the sister and the brother don't talk to each other for other reasons because she doesn't trust him. Con artists, all these things come yeah. into it. So he insists, right, well, I'm only going to buy them off her. So all these twists yeah, and turns yeah. go on. So it's very exciting, interesting, that very fast paced and move. But it one real drawback for me. You know there's a twist at the end. There yeah. had, it's so obvious. There had, it's geared up to a twist. So you spend most of the film trying to work out what the twist is. And I guessed it to an extent, like it sort of it could go one way or it could go the other, and it goes one way. Yeah, and it's all yeah. explained. Yeah, and there is a real feeling of, of now. A film is from two thousand, so it's a while ago. But at the same time, I said, yeah, but this has been done a lot before. Yeah. Why is everyone raving about it so much? Like it is highly acclaimed. I think it was Oscar nominated and everything as well. Like it's very well done. It's a perfect example of its craft, but it's not hugely original. Is what I would right, say about yeah, it. Yeah. I would recommend this. Like it's short, it's 90 minutes, it goes fast, and it's 
it is exactly what you say like in a good caper movie entertaining all, all the yeah, methodology yeah. and what's going wrong but you're just so stuck in the rough mindset I of, hate that when you're what? trying to figure yeah, things out like, and you can't yeah. really pay attention to the film because you're just like yeah because it's like, oh maybe that yeah, and yeah. there are clues but they're a bit obvious and then you're saying but are they they're clues to something that yeah. isn't actually going to happen yeah. and things like that so but I would I'd recommend it so apologies to Ian and Gabrielle for not liking it enough because they apparently love it mm. and Gabrielle please keep listening <laughs> So over right. to you. So my um, assignment was to watch a French film that had one of the big four. So Gerard Depardieu, um, Juliette Binoche, Isabelle Huppert, and what was the other one? Daniel Otay. Clearly didn't Otay. watch him. No. Nope. <laughs> I chose Gerard Depardieu. Now the film I chose with him, he was actually in it for very little, and someone, but I didn't realize he was in it for very little. Okay. But it, I watched it because it's a film that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. And because of the main star performance, Marianne Cotillard. <laughs> so I watched La Vie en Rose. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that for a while as well. You haven't watched it? No. Oh, I, damn I, I, it. I, I, I really I, I, wanted I, I, to talk about it. There's not a lot you can give away. I know about there it. There is a very good it's bit. It's maybe the Pia. Yes. And I know, a lot, I know her story well, a certain okay. amount of it. Where Marlena is in it. Pardon? Marlena is in it. Marlena Dietrich. Oh, right. Someone's playing Marlena Dietrich. Well, obviously not then. Marlena yes. Dietrich. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Because Marlena was um, Edith's maid of honour, basically, at her marriage or something. Matron of honour? <laughs> you don't know what the title You're always shouting at me that I'm your maid of honour. I think matron of honour is if you're married. Is if you're... you're oh, okay. Or at least that was the way. I yeah, mean, maid okay, of honour okay. is if you're not. Anyway, they were friends because... Anyway, yeah. I loved it my god marianne cotillard is a fantastic artist like a artist not even actress mm-hmm. artist like it's just so but you forget it's marianne cotillard now i know there's makeup and all that but she is just unreal like watch it like it's actually oh, yeah. her performance forget the rest of them forget fucking gerard Depardieu. it's like <laughs> It is on. <laughs> Here we are moving. Well, I mean, Marion Cotillard will be someone I should have put yeah. in the big five as well. So, um, no, he is. He's a judge. Party is very good, but he plays someone uh, called something Lepli, 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 or something. Who will, used to be her manager, basically, who got her off the streets. Okay. Um. So, and it follows her her whole life, and she was very into alcohol. And all that, she's, she's crazy, she's okay. a very crazy lady. Um, <laughs> she had problems. Lots, um, which is funny, which is the irony that she actually became her mother, basically. Oh, horror. Yeah, no, because her mother abandoned her to sing on the streets. Oh, right. Because she wanted to make money singing. So she ended up going to live with her grandmother in a brothel. And she was raised with prostitutes up until a certain age, and then her dad brought her back and then they went to the circus and then she left and all that so her mother was never present and then she got married at a certain point had a daughter called Marseille Marcel Marcelle Marcel and um, she left her daughter to sing (laughs) (laughs) basically she didn't want a daughter so she just left her and went to sing and her daughter died of meningitis at two oh yeah oh it's a very it's very dramatic it's very like her life was it had glamour up to a certain point because she got very famous mm-hmm. 
but it was horrible. Like, oh, yeah. It was really, really horrible. She was a very independent woman who, like, just loved to party. Um, and it was unfortunate that she couldn't make money like that <laughs> because that was the life she wanted, I think. Yeah. Um, so, but it was, oh, Mariana, she got... She went in Oscar she for went, it. When yeah. she was on, well, unknown outside France at that yeah. stage, that was like the That was her break. Her. That, yeah. yeah, her break. I hadn't heard of her before that. But it was just brilliant. And Edith Piaf, Piaf actually made a film with John Cocteau. Okay. He made a film for her. Do you know so, what it was? Not a film. It was a stage play, I think. Oh, right. Well, that, yeah, that for, would make sense. Yeah, for her, um, just for her. It's, like, it's, it's such a great film. It really is. And she sings Livy and Rose, which I love. Um, Excellent. But um, yeah, there's I know a- people are going to kill me for this, but I like it in the voice of Louis Armstrong. So, <laughs> No, that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> I find that perfectly acceptable. Um, I will say I did see um, there was a film in the 80s called Edith and Marcel, which is a French film as well about because I presume Marcel, the boxer, is in this. Yes. Right, because the film was all about their affair. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the first time I ever heard of her. Yeah. I saw this film and I was fascinated by both of them. Because also Marcel in the film was played by Marcel's own son. Oh. So if you see if you find that anywhere, that would be interesting. And so I've seen her, the character, appear in a lot of other films since. So that's why when this first came out, I really want to see it for that reason. For Edith Piaf, not for um, Marion Cotillard. Now, obviously, I want to see it for both. Yeah, oh, she's unreal, like, honestly. Um, so yeah, so that was that was the one I chose. Okay, well done on the challenge for actually going into the realms that I wasn't that I forgot to mention. I should have put Marion Cotillard up there in the list, yeah, and you, you found have. it. Yeah, well, don't do that again. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so um, what are you um, signing me this week? Challenging um, me to this very week? simple, very simple. Um, I want you to watch a musical that you haven't seen before. Oh. Okay. Any musical from any era, yeah. any year, any country. I can watch uh, Bollywood if I like. Yes. Okay. Well, I have a similarly simple challenge to you. I want you to watch a Western. A Western. Okay. Yeah. Any era, any time, any country. John Wayne can be in it if you like. I do have an <laughs> awful lot of John Wayne DVDs. One you haven't seen yeah. before. No, but I, I haven't seen. Well, I have. Okay. I have seen loads of them, but. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Louise no, Brooks was in two Westerns, just thought I'd mention that. One of them with John Wayne. Right, so I won't watch those ones. No, they're shite. <laughs> they're really, really bad. And I only have them. So people are probably listening. They're, they're really not making any effort anymore. No, yeah, yeah. A Western, a musical. Well, well we, we have to it. keep it simple sometimes. Yeah, because it, it was... Well, I mean... You can't I, really go obscure. Watch a Japanese horror from the 19... In 1946 or something. The Japanese horror of 1946. Yeah. Shortly after they lost the war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was a lot of them. They just weren't filmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there okay. were horrors in the war, wasn't there? In the Germany just before they, the, the Second World War, wasn't it? Um. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. Expressionist films. Yeah. Before so, the war. Yeah, but they knew what was going on when Hitler yeah. was starting to take over. They knew that. What's What's your man's name? Fritz Lang. You're yeah. thinking of the Mabuse films. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but first of all, he said, because I've read Peter's book, and he mentions the Mabuse films, and he says that Fritz Lang denied... He adores them, doesn't he? Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Great book. That's Light and Shadows in Weimar Cinema. I highly recommend it. Written by Peter Sosowski. 
Podowski, who will soon be a guest on our show, I'm sure. But anyway, we better leave it there. <laughs> They're yes. going off on all sorts of tangents. And um, thank you for listening. I've been Mick Jordan. And I've been Marina Gorski. Woohoo! <laughs>